Good evening, everyone. My name is Greg. Uh, this is on the feed for the Papal History Podcast, though it isn't really an episode of that podcast. This is the second time I've done one of these special appeal-type segments, named after the Hebrew word for cry out, uh, taken from Isaiah 58. I doubt it will be the last such segment. Before we go further, a quick content warning, which should be clear enough given the title of this. We will be talking about abortion, though not for a little while. It's going to be a clear enough shift when I get there a few minutes in. I'm recording this at the end of a pretty eventful day in, frankly, a lot of senses. First, and from the perspective of Pope-colored glasses, nearly foremost, this was June 24th, traditionally the Nativity of John the Baptist, with nativity being more or less a fancy word for birthday, like how ark is more or less a fancy word for boat. You're probably more familiar with nativity being associated with another day that features heavily in the church's calendar, the nativity of our Lord, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, otherwise known as Christmas, with so-called nativity scenes connected with that occasion being the most common use of the word in contemporary English. You know, the, uh, the ox, the lamb, the wise men, the baby Jesus, and the manger, fancy word for crib, um, with straw and such. And if you weren't familiar with any of that yet, don't worry, we will get there. The timing of Christmas is actually pretty relevant here, since June 24th was picked as the nativity of St. John the Baptist, largely because it's about six months before Christmas, as according to the Bible, Mary, the mother of Jesus, visited her cousin Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, when Elizabeth was about six months pregnant. The narrative presents this visit right after the Annunciation, when Mary became pregnant with Jesus, so the math basically checks out when you compare this to the December 25th date of Christmas, though it's not really clear to me why June 24th was chosen as the date of the feast, and not June 25th. Of course, the Nativity of John the Baptist wasn't celebrated on even June 24th this year in the Roman Rite. It was actually bumped ahead to June 23rd in favor of an even bigger feast day, and it should be noted that the Nativity of John the Baptist was already no slouch, ranking as a solemnity that is the highest kind of a feast day in the Church's calendar. There are 17 solemnities in the Universal Calendar, and don't worry, I'm going to explain more on how Catholic liturgical calendars work in episode 0.29 and 0.31. And yes, it's kind of weird to be able to tell you what's going to happen in episodes so far in the future, but, well, I really have been doing some stuff during this long break. In case you're curious, those episodes will be called He is Risen, Indeed, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, respectively. But enough teasers for the far future, I've got some sort of point to meander towards here. The actual feast, the big one that pushed the nativity of John the Baptist forward, and so therefore occurred today, or I suppose yesterday, since we're past midnight at this point, that feast is a much more modern feast known as the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Of course, by much more modern, I mean it's only materialized in the last few hundred years, as opposed to the thousand-and-a-half-year-old nativity of John the Baptist. The Sacred Heart, and the accompanying feast, is mainly about the forgiveness of sins, especially focusing in on the patience of God. And now I'm going to start really working my way to what you probably would have thought I would have been talking about a while ago, given the title of this, Abortion. Now, 
this podcast is history through pope color glasses and it would be completely dishonest of me to pretend like you can construct a view of pope color glasses to view history with without seeing abortion as a sin and a serious one at that even the generally seen as more liberal pope francis is clear on the topic saying quote abortion is murder end quote so in a way that's the stance of the show our glasses being as they are of course there's also the personal opinion of your not especially humble narrator which for those of you who recall my bit in episode zero about me not naturally having a conservative bone in my body you might not be surprised to find that i'm somewhat more nuanced but at the end of the day i am a catholic and catholic teaching on abortion is clear direct abortion is wrong of course ultimately and i'm sure this isn't much consolation to those who fundamentally disagree and think there's a bodily autonomy argument to be made in favor of abortion I personally don't tend to view abortion as murder per se, more like manslaughter. After all, the intention is not to kill a baby. Now we could go on through all the discussions I'm sure many of us are familiar with, since this is now composed of an audience of those who decided to listen to an episode labeled abortion that starts with a content warning confirming that yes, abortion is content here, so be warned. Um, so you're obviously not shying away from the discussions, but such discussions do have a circularity to them that is not likely to be overcome by someone who does not have a uterus. So I don't really want to do that. If you think this is all about bodily autonomy for the mother and there's no child's interest meaningfully involved, then I'm not likely to convince you otherwise tonight. Besides, I'm generally more about challenging my own side, so for the record, if you consider yourself pro-life, ask yourself if you're really working to set mothers up for success. If you don't think you have a responsibility to do so much as that, well then, here's my truly spicy take of the evening. You're worse than an abortionist, because at least an abortionist is trying to help. Now, I described this as an appeal, and if what I'm saying isn't clear enough, let me say this. Help one another be there for one another, be patient with one another, and with yourself. Otherwise, things can and will go bad quick. Okay, so we've talked about the Nativity of John the Baptist, and it really is fitting that the anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court decision determining that the U.S. Constitution has no right to an abortion in it will typically fall on that solemnity given that the whole two fetuses being best bros scene we'll discuss in episode 0.15, Locust Soup for the Nazarite Soul especially features John the Baptist along with his cousin Jesus. And for what it's worth, in case anyone is listening to this well into the future, or is simply an international listener, not especially plugged into the U.S., yes, that milestone ruling reversing Roe v. Wade is the reason for the timing of this. We've also talked about uh, Mercy, sin and the sacred heart though i admit this would be a more cohesive reflection if that feast hadn't catapulted into this spot in the liturgical calendar but i suppose one should never object to christ's compassionate presence and we've also talked briefly about abortion it needed discussed there's no religion more famously connected to the abortion debate than catholicism but 
let's go ahead and end with something perhaps a bit more uplifting and beautiful than the topic itself. Something I considered simply posting without context as my sole commentary, until I decided that of course I needed to explain it since I'm a compulsive explainer, and that's why I do this show, and it's interesting to me, and hopefully it's also interesting to you, and, well, that's why I do this show. So let's talk about the Te Deum. The Te Deum is a celebratory song traditionally sung on occasions of public rejoicing. Quite dubious tradition attributes it to St. Ambrose, a 4th century bishop of Milan, Italy, especially on the occasion of the baptism of his star convert, St. Augustine of Hippo, who wrote a ridiculous amount and was a huge influence on Western Christianity. Now, both men are doctors of the church, an official title we'll talk about more in or around episode 8.32, Mama Maria, Here We Go Again. But enough about them, let's talk about the hymn and take a look at its lyrics and listen to it. I, I did mention those occasions of public rejoicing, and yes, when you've got Pope colored glasses on, today does count. It's right up there with things like the election of a pope, the consecration of a bishop, the canonization of a saint, a royal coronation, some sort of peace treaty, that sort of thing, all popular historic occasions for the Te Deum. Of course, there have also been times when the Te Deum was sung when it was probably not super appropriate, uh, such as after Gregory Thirteenth received initial reports of the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, in which thousands of French Protestants were murdered by angry mobs. Uh, but one can hope this doesn't prove as inappropriate an occasion as that one. In any event, I'm going to walk through the lyrics in English translation, and then we'll listen to a more proper uh, Latin version, with due thanks to the anonymous individuals who chose to record and donate their version to the public domain. I should also mention that the song is named after the first two words, as is common for naming, well, ancient hymns and papal documents. It's what you did before you had a title page. O God, we praise you. O Lord, we acclaim you. Eternal Father, all the earth reveres you. All the angels, the heavens, and the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, cry out to you in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with the majesty of your glory. The glorious choir of apostles sings to you. The noble company of prophets praises you. The white-robed army of martyrs glorifies you. Holy Church throughout the earth proclaims you. Father of boundless majesty, with your true and only Son, worthy of adoration, and the Holy Spirit, Paraclete, you, O Christ, are the King of glory. You are the Father's everlasting Son. When you resolved to save the human race, you did not spurn the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened wide the kingdom of heaven to those who put their faith in you. You are seated at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe you are the judge who is to come. And so we beg you, help your servants, redeemed by your most precious blood. Number them among your saints in eternal glory. Save your people, Lord, and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them and raise them to eternal life. Day by day we bless you and praise your name for endless ages evermore. Be gracious, Lord, on this day. 
and keep us from all sin. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy. May your mercy be upon us, Lord, as we place our trust in you. In you, O Lord, I rest my hope. Let me never be put to shame. Yeah. 
Thank you. 